Welcome. All right, everybody. Appreciate you guys tuning in to another Pure Tennis Podcast episode. Today we're in the studio bright and early on the Sunday morning, joined by my friends Bartosz Waszek and Joe Patton in the studio. Appreciate you guys waking up early. Earliest I've been up in a while. That 5.45 wake-up call hits a little different on a Sunday morning, but no place I'd rather be. A ton of action to talk about on the tennis world. A ton of gear talk that I think we need to catch up on. It's coming down the stretch of the final couple months of the year. And I want to start it off there. Let's talk about the best shoes in the market, the best court shoes in the market of 2022. Bartek, I'll start with you. What has been your top shoe of this year? It's definitely ASIC Joe Resolution 8. And the best durability shoe you could ever get. And I'm playing ten- I was playing tennis with ASIC since I was like 12, 13 years old. And every time when Tennis Point or other other um, star has a my size, I'll get for J resolution. It doesn't probably pro- like I was playing with seven, six, five. So I used to I used to wear this shoe for a while. So you and I ran into Drew Evans, a local kid from Saint Xavier High School, who was playing on an ITA. His parents have 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 gotten smart on us, and they 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 wrapped up eight gel resolution pairs of shoes for him, so he could last them the next couple of years. I was like, I was pretty jealous. I was like, we should have scooped eight when we had a chance, because now our ten and a half sizes, oof, numbers are dwindling. This is the great investment. So, <laughs> and they have that new green. That new green's that is sweet with yes. the tan it, on the bottom. The we're we're gonna have some new shoes coming, in, new colors coming in very soon. So make sure you guys gonna check Tennis Point and make sure you're gonna shop with us. There we go, Joe. Talk to me. What's the best shoe on the market in your opinion right now? I'm also on the A6 train right now. I'm on my fourth generation of the Speed FFs. I just got the green. I, it's cool because the colors in the Gel Resolution Eight. I noticed they're similar to the FFs, but I also like those. I think that they're maybe a a little bit different on the on the sole, like they're just lighter. Um, maybe I think that that plastic on the side uh, for the FF it just goes the whole way down from the top. So I'm just mm-hmm. I'm still using those. I like those, and I'm I'm sticking with them. I do feel like it. Both of those are great shoes, and I think they like it depends on how you move. Um, so for someone like that slides on the inside of their foot versus more of the totally. like yeah versus like kind of the outside or like the bottom of their feet. Um, it kind of depends on what, what kind of aggressive mover you are. But I would say as well, the gel resolution eight is probably where I would lean. Just one of the most comfortable, like as soon as you out of the box, there's not many shoes that I don't feel like I have to break in at all. I can slide right away. It feels springy. It's, I, I try, it's, it's tight on my foot. And then you put two socks on and it's, it's game over. It's amazing. But I got my top five real quick. I like to go through them really quickly. I got the gel resolution eight, number one, Ubersonic four, number two, the fresh foam lav V2, number three. Barricade 12s and then the Ultra Shot 3. Uh, Ultra Shot 3 and the Barricade 12s are very similar, in my opinion. Uh, it was kind of a toss up to, for that fourth and fifth spot. But both are great shoes. Uh, both are very durable. Uh, you feel like very confident going to war in either of those. Uh, just the, the Ultra Shot 3 is probably the best product K Swiss has put out since I've been around the game. So does have cool on the and just just from uh, just looking at them I like the the sole on those because it's all sparkly mm-hmm. in different colors but you tried the speaking of different colors the new balance did you like those I saw that you were putting those up on the commercial the other day yeah so I actually just <laughs> just had a uh, if you guys check out the pair tennis podcast Instagram page just put up a little review of those the fresh foams amazing shoe I've been watching Tommy Paul rock those for a while now 
He beat Carlos Alcaraz, world number one. He in did. Canada repping those shoes. So I was like, there must be something to it. I got to check him out. On TV, the red and yellow colorway doesn't really look like it was something that I'd kind of enjoy wearing on the court because I don't really have a lot of clothes to match that. But after putting them on, I was like, I will find some outfits to match this because these, these shoes are legit. Um, just the only thing I, the only, like everything I love about them, the only thing that's a little bit tougher, if you're lo- someone that looks to slide on the hard court, I find it very difficult to get rid of the tackiness around the outside of the shoe because you've, you kind of feel like you're sticking into hard court. I don't know if that's a problem for most of you guys, um, but um, other than that, super durable, super comfortable. You feel very stabilized in that shoe. I don't feel like it's possible to twist an ankle in that shoe with, even without my ankle braces. So I just um, and I feel springy like on the serve and stuff. I feel like I'm get, like it's just like the reaction to the, from like the rubber to the floor. I feel like I'm pushing off um, per, like very well. So they come in that blue too because uh, JJ yeah. Wolf was wearing those. Yeah, JJ's been wearing those ever since Houston, I believe, where he ran out of uh, his. Nike shoes, and he has his buddy Tommy in the locker room, and he was like, yo, I need some shoes, and I don't have any clay court shoes, and I guess it's worked out for him ever since. He's yeah. jumped in the top 100 since he's been wearing those. Did you guys realize that more more and more tennis players have started wearing, like, a high shoes, like a basketball shoes? Yep. I don't, do you think that the market is going to get get over there and everybody, every, every tennis player is going to wear a high shoe? Like, I've, it's pretty interesting. We got Coca Golf who has started wearing that. And now Ons they're just producing new new tennis shoes, high shoes. So I'm I'm excited to see which way tennis is gonna go. So it's crazy because with the fr- the fresh the fresh films too. Just I mean it is higher. I, are, is that what you mean by the high shoe? Yeah, it's a little higher up on my ankle, and it feels like once once you tie it down tight, your lockdown is very superior to like other shoes. Like the Joe Resolution Eight, the way that it bounces like the weight of your foot, it doesn't really need to come up so high um, because it sits lower to the ground. The fresh foam is a little bit higher off the ground, so it needs a more st- stabilizing uh, lockdown fit at the top of your foot, like your, of your lower ankle. And I think that's where it provides that stabilization. As you see how Tommy moves, he slides on his inside foot, like the foot that is away from the outside of the court, and kind of drags it across. So I think for him, that's why it works so well. It to have that thing, because like fresh foam, I, when I was running, they had the fresh foam was the big running shoe too from New Balance. And so I didn't know, is that thing right there, that's just that plastic that goes the whole way around the back of your ankle. It's like a cup. Mm-hmm. And then the, in the bottom as well, it's uh, like, like where the, like the octagon. Yeah, but um, it's still real light. It's, it, it is. It, it is, looks like it's heavy, but it's really light. It is very light, especially for what it looks like. I, I, I don't, yeah, I would, I would have to compare the Joe Resolution 8 to this. Just I'm just curious now to see what's lighter. But uh, back to Bartek's point of the high top shoe, Coco Goff, someone that has struggled with some ankle injuries in her career, early parts of it, has gone to more of a basketball model shoe uh, that you'll see in the NBA with um, just more of a basketball type of athlete. But, I mean, after seeing guys like Sasha Zverev go down with an ankle injury, uh, wearing the Ubersonic 4, it does make me curious to know, like, will this be a... injury is looking tough, I don't even see that injury again. (laughs) Dude, I mean, I don't... I mean, you play college tennis right now, and I've had too many to talk about but like the ankle injury is it's a devastating blow i mean you you realize right away you're out at least three weeks probably longer yeah like you're out for three weeks but the the other problem is whenever you twist an ankle like y- your ankle can be twisted again so exactly. every time you have to be you're, you're yeah. scared even to slide exactly. so you're not trusting you're not trusting yourself on the court so that this is this is the other problem because it hurts like, when just, you do it healthy yeah mm-hmm. i mean you have to like, build back all that strength, and then you have to build back like the elasticity of your ankle. Because like right now, like I haven't twisted my ankle in probably a year, or so 
so I feel very solid sliding, and I feel like like I have enough strength in there. It's like I trust it. But once you do it once, it feels like it's bound to happen a lot more. And we've all been there before. It's probably one of my least favorite injuries because it just it's a solid three weeks, and then it's just even when you come back, it's just not the strength isn't there. You're right. You're right. Can't so attack it. Yeah. It just yeah. Zverev, unfortunately, he was out for three months, four months because like he twisted his ankle so bad and he has to recover, he has to make sure that his ankle is going to be 100% uh, ready to, so then he can be able to get back on a tennis court again. And it's his whole right leg now, I believe. It's like, because your, your, your right leg hasn't been in action in forever. So it's, I, I felt for Zverev, he had a very good chance to, to he was push kicking, Rafa. Yeah, he was playing well at that point. I mean, too. He was, yeah, he was playing amazing. I'm, I'm a, I mean, I know how everything's out there about Sasha kind of floating around with there's some, some bad PR and I'm, Hoping most of it or all of it is not true. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really wishing all of it's not true. But regardless of that, as a tennis player, I do love watching Sasha play. So I hope we get him back on the tour uh, soon. Hopefully his recovery is going well. But let's jump in to the tour action. Is there's a lot of 250 events around the around the calendar right now, and this is normally a dull period of the calendar year. I feel like this is normally a time where I check out as a tennis fan. Uh, to some extent, and I kind of start falling on my bangles, falling in the NBA world. Um, but now this is this is our livelihood, and it's just like it's a good time because it feels like this year more than ever. I've talked to Alex Gruskin from Cracked Rackets recently on, on his podcast a couple days ago. It's like this is the first time either of us could remember where like we were still locked into 250 events post U.S. Open, um, post Labor Cup, uh, before the before the ATP Finals, and it still feels like this action matters. I think a lot of that has to do with a couple things. One, injuries to top guys. I mean, we have Zverev, Monfils. Um, I'm missing a couple of guys here. We just talked about this the other day. Who else is injured right now? There's a, oh, teams coming back from injury. Um, Nishikori, another guy. guy. Um, no, there's a bunch of guys. So there's there's rooms. There's room in the top hundred for guys to fill in there, for one. And then two. The momentum swings of some of these guys in their younger parts of their career that are trying to find their footing and stabilize themselves for 2023. Uh, guys like Holger Rune, who believe that they can keep making an impact in the rankings. Guys like Tommy Paul, who just have kind of come into their own and reached a, a career high top 30, but they want to make sure they give themselves some cushion leading into the next year. Uh, they're going to play these Davis Cup events. They're going to play these small tournaments. They're going to play uh, Labor Cup. So it's just that's all been a lot of fun. I think that's and, and you got Novak Djokovic, who's been sidelined. Uh, been a healthy scratch for the last all these big tournaments for uh, his decisions on uh, how he's wanted to handle his body. But it's like to have a healthy Novak at the bottom at the end of this year, try to fight for points, and he'll he'll uh, he's already solidified his spot in the ATP Finals. But it's like he wants to win Tel Aviv, and he's in the finals today against Chilich. So when you just said, and you're, I remember you, when we were talking about doing this, you're, I was feeling depressed too because I've been so locked in watching tennis. But then it's like I look up at October. If you're coming in looking for points, I mean, you could play in Tokyo. You get, I mean, you won a week, but you got there's Kazakhstan, Spain, Stockholm. Italy, Belgium, Sweden. I mean, there's a Rolex Masters 1000 still in, at the end of October. You got. I believe Stockholm was Tommy Paul's first title of his career last year. You could roll up a you ton of points, and you know, at the end of the year, sure. and just get. I mean, that's that's a ton. If you just I'm good, getting some injuries. Good, sure. good points, all. I, I I exactly agree. Like for example, for me. It's so hard. at the beginning of the year. It's always the all the draws are loaded. The best players, everybody wants to play, and now whenever it's like more tournaments, you get more chance to just 
get some points, move your, from example, from the ranking like 50, 60, you're able to get some points, move to like top 20, 25, because the best players are not playing over there. So there's like, there's always had the chance to go to semi-final, yeah. maybe final of 250 and just get some points and yeah. And yeah, you start finish. October off with two 500s and then two 50s. But like then there's two more 500s at the end of October and then a thousand. So we're of course we're not gonna see the best players playing these tournaments, or maybe they're just gonna choose one or two tournaments. But yeah, all the players under from 10, 11 ATP ranking or WTA to 100, everybody's gonna play these tournaments. So Chilich versus Djokovic in the final of Tel, Tel Aviv. Who do you guys got? I, I think. It's it's been a uh, hell of a year for Chilich. I think that's just. I, I'm, I'm gonna say He's that before playing. you guys hear a prediction. He's playing. It's I mean Djokovic did a little even a set uh, in Tel Aviv, and he got a white card just to play the tournament. So I. For me, he's he's logged in to play tennis, and uh, he's not gonna even lose a set against Chilich. So yeah, like, I'm, I mean, so it's pretty. I'm, I'm with Bar <laughs> I'm with Bartek there. All right, Bart Chilich, <laughs> I, I have faith in you, my man. Let's go, man. <laughs> tennis point is place to be, only place to buy. Anything for tennis? No, that's my guy, baby. Chilich, I trust you. Keep swinging out of your shoes. I wish you would have done this ten years ago when you were in your physical prime, but you figured it out. You're in great physical shape. Keep hammering away at the forehand, tag some lines, make the joker feel you. Um, it's going to be an uphill battle, though. To serve in. Get to serve. No, the serve is so important. <laughs> I've, I've loved watching Chilich this year. It's like in his later, uh, I guess it's the twilight of his career kind of in a way, even though he's in great physical condition. It's just like, why was Chilich's mindset not here in the beginning stages of his career? He wanted to be like this grinder, 6'6", grinder kind of counterpuncher guy that uh, just elong like kind of elongated rallies a lot. Now he's just stepping on the gas pedal, hammering the ball like he did against Carlos Alcaraz at the U.S. Open for f five sets. And then, I mean, it's like I, this is the tennis I wanted to see from the big fella. The Croatian is so much fun to watch. Chilich, what you're doing with your body at this age is it's no one's talking about it. At, at this age, you normally see all the tennis greats kind of come to a, a stumbling halt and fall outside the top 30. But this dude is he's a problem. He's not like a grandfather, you know. No, no I, I'm making it sound like he's old, but like know, in tennis feel, years, in tennis so years, guys, like he is, like this is old. Like Pete Sampras and like these guys didn't even play when they were this old. I don't. I think they all retired by like 33. Although he does have some grays in there, you can see him. No, oh, yeah, they, no, he's like, not. He, I mean, he's like nine years old, eight years older than spring me. Chicken. He's, he's like nine years older than me, and I'm old. No. <laughs> all right, next tournament. In Korea, we got Seoul. The final has just been decided. Yoshi Nishioka takes home the title. My man, what a tournament! This the five foot five. This is your guy, mate. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's all. About Yoshi's it. the first. So I have a soft spot for Yoshi because in 2019 it was my first time ever covering tennis um, at the Western and Southern, and this was the guy that gave me ten interviews in one of the best runs of his life, I would imagine, um, where he didn't even lose any matches. He actually just had food poisoning before his, I want to say the quarters or semis. Oh, um, came out of qualifying on fire. Got to watch all of his matches in qualifying. Got shout out to Chip and Charles for putting me on. They're like, dude, this guy's going to have a hell of a tournament. I'm like, all right, if you're locked into this guy, like this, like I got to trust the boys. These guys watch a ton. Of, I'm like, all right, I know why they like this guy. He's slapping the backhand. Got so much variety on the forehand. He can loop it. He can drop shot. 
He's a little guy. He's just like you think you have him pinned in a corner, and he just slaps the ball cross court like he was doing today against uh, Shapovalov earlier this morning. But Yoshi Nishioka, a hell of a grinder. The kid has got so much good energy. A great YouTube page. I wish I could speak Japanese so I can understand what, what, all the fun that was going on his page. He had to work in that tournament. I mean, through Dan Evans, Casper Rude. Come on, Casper Rude, Dan Evans. He also beat uh, uh, well, Kovacevic. Yeah, Kovacevic. Yeah, from gonna, Illinois. I'm going to be very controversial, but I can't see Casper Rude like, seated every time number one in all the draws. ATP, ATP 250, ATP 500. Even a thousand, I don't know. This like I love this guy. I like I like his play, but I don't know if this guy for now for me deserving being a second second player in the world right now. I think I met you, and two weeks after I met you, you're like you're like what player would you compare my game to? And I said Casper Ruiz. <laughs> I think he, I think he, I think he was I think he was ranked like 57 or something like that at the time, and you were like you think he's good? And I said I think he's gonna be top 10. And you looked at me like I was crazy. It, just tell the fans, is, did this happen or or not? Like I, I think I saw it coming a little bit. No, that was. <laughs> he told me he he called this guy and he said this guy's gonna be good. But like I ne- I was never expecting that this is gonna be top second in the world. That's something different. <laughs> <laughs> but no. No, like Casper, Casper can play, and he's a great tennis player. And he's got a good family behind him. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, he's got a massive forehand with a heavy topspin ball. It works well on all surfaces. But like, great defense. Yeah, he can move very well. He's great on the on the clay courts, but he's not gonna be dangerous at all on the grass and on the hard court. On the hard court, if someone actually is gonna hit the ball, go for it, and on the fast hard courts, there's. For me, there's no way he can he can beat those players. But as like yeah, he deserves being top ten. But yeah, that's I mean, with, with as yeah, much winning as he's not. done, like for sure deserves it. He stayed healthy. Another massive reason is why he's had so much like so much success. He's been able to put his body through a ton of tour matches, um, and just played the tough calendar year. It's like his schedule has been as demanding as almost anybody's in the last three years. And the kid loves the game. He respects the game. He's a great ambassador of our sport. I absolutely loved his interview. Um, after was it after the semifinal on 9/11? I believe it was. Was when he just had, or maybe it was actually on, on the finals. It was the finals after Carlos. Like you know, he just had a, his, a, another another loss in the Grand Slam final, uh, as well as I mean, he lost in the Roland Garros final as well. So it's like you know, he could be down on himself, but he has the wherewithal and kind of the uh, just like the self awareness like i just i was impressed by that so when anybody else if they make two finals in the same year we that's a hell of a year jumping all over exactly them, so two just, slam finals i yeah. mean give me a break i mean on two different surfaces so casper rude uh i but i do agree with you at the end of the day like to see him at that level like that's a, a little bit of a yeah a drop off from what where, where well, we've like, been and so the player for example even media yeah, for i'm not right. also a great, big fan of media but anyway the guy the guy he's he has some weapons to to win the win the win the match, and he can just play amazing forehand, backhand like flat ball. He he has some weapons. Casper is just he's just gonna grind. I don't know if you were gonna say all this about my guy Casper until you saw him get boat raced by Ben Shelton in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> he's got anti weapons. Yeah. No. Ben Shelton. Anti weapons are just as good as weapons. Well, it was like six three six zero. What was that? No, it was like two and two. <laughs> yeah. it, it was bad. It was like, like he won maybe eight points on his serve. No, not maybe. Up. He won eight yeah. points on return serve. 
Uh, that was impressive. By Sometimes my you just don't see the ball well. I just I want to put that out from personal experience. Porsche court is too small for Casper. Man. He's not <laughs> enough room to move. But last tournament on the ATP side is Sophia, friend of the podcast, Holger Rune, our first ever and only current player on the tour that has been on the podcast. He's in the final, guys. Happy for Holger. Took out Yannick Sinner, despite Sinner pulling out uh, with one game to go. Before we get to the final, I'm, it, I'm says ha- I'm s- it says retired. It says retired. Says retired. So yeah, actually, I don't know if he won the match. Let's. Uh, so apparently, he didn't must finish. Not have. <laughs> didn't finish. So I, I guess the head-to-head is. Let's see what the head-to-head is. So they, they didn't. They, they've never played a match it. yet. To it doesn't have it. No, I mean, what? The, I mean, center. You're down five-two in the third set. Holger is serving. Just stand there, and let him hit four balls to finish the match. Like what? You weren't ailing in pain. You weren't. There wasn't a twisted ankle or a broken arm or something that was gonna like continue to ache or give a sharp pain. I don't know what the problem is. I'm sure he's banged up in some capacity. He obviously was because he couldn't finish the match. But it's like, let Holger pound four aces. Just don't even attempt to get the ball. Like let the just let the match finish like it's supposed to finish. It's just like, come on, center. It's like that's that's a bad look for the guy. Like you're better than that. After having the best match of the year, even maybe of the decade, with Carlos Alcaraz, like everybody was saying that the best match. Yeah. Now, now we're just coming back and we just think this style that he's retiring. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I was saying I retired one time in my life. It was whenever I twist an ankle. And over the night, I never, when, whenever I, even I was hurting, I was still trying, like, I was always making sure that I'm going to finish finish the match. So you, mean, you you can do that. You yeah, can. you can't do that. And even if you're hurt, like serve underhanded. Like let the guy get his, like that's what the guy deserved. Like this guy's fighting. Like I don't know. It's just like uh, Roger Federer played 1,500 matches. I know he didn't feel healthy every day he was out there. I know he felt there was times that he's probably ailing, and he he shook hands every time after the final ball was hit. Like, it's it's not. I don't know. I, mean, I guess it's a rant. Center loses to Holger. Holger massive win in the finals today. Against Mark Huesler, a guy that upset number two seed in the bottom half, Pablo Cranabusta. This guy's balling. He's 95th in the world right now. If you guys haven't heard of him, you might, might want to make sure you guys tune into this guy. It's going to be fun. Holger is just another guy that, like, his gas tank just seems like it's never ending. Like, he's played so much tennis, and yeah. his him and his mom continue to travel the world together and try to conquer this this ATP tour. Uh, it feels, feels like they've been to every continent, every country, and he's played great tennis this whole, this whole year. So, Happy for Holger. You're welcome to come back on the podcast anytime. Let's go. Any other final ATP thoughts on the action going on right now? I mean, do we want to talk about any of the any of the? There's a slew of ladies tournaments too. I think that I was watching Sakar. I thought Sakari was going to win. I guess I guess that didn't turn out the way she wanted. Not her best. Sharif end of the year. Sharif took the title. But great tournament for Sakari, you know, get to a final. Um, big shoulder, so of course. <laughs> she's got, she can lean on it. <laughs> no, like, so I, when you see a picture of Sakari on the tennis court, you just think she's like a bodybuilder beast athlete. But my sister saw her at the Western and Southern watching, it might have been Sitsipasa's match, in street clothes, and sent me a picture of her. She looked like a normal girl, like didn't look like she was, had muscles popping She's out of her shirt. Fit. She's, She's just in, fit. Yeah. But whenever she puts on that Adidas kit, that, that new fire Adidas kit, it's like there's muscles the, like bulging out deltoid. of her body. I'm it's like, the deltoid it's, look. It's, I'm like, where do these muscles come? And it's the I think it's the hair also the, tight to her head. I don't know. Like, 
She looks she's very built, good off the court. She's built to play some tennis, but like I agree, like the, the tight hair too. Is the the tight hair, but like I also think like not all the girls are wearing just like a like a collared like sleeveless. I mean, she's always showing the shoulders. She is those shoulder blades. I'm very jealous of her shoulder blades. <laughs> I am too. Those freaking scapulas. Is that what those things are? Deltoid. I, I tuned out of my biology class a couple times when I was in high school, but I think those are scapulas. Those things are beautiful. Uh, <laughs> she always seems like me whenever like I have some classes in the history. Uh, like they were always saying about like Greek gods, you know. She is a Greek so god. We got Tsitsipas, we got Sakari, yeah. and we got some other other Greek Greek gods, you know. Yes, you, you <laughs> could chisel her out of marble. <laughs> so she 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 dropped to the final to Sharif, yeah. but uh, that's that's a wrap on Parma. Last one is Talon, uh, the Talon Open. I believe it's in Estonia. Yep. You have Kontave right now against Krachikova in the final. Krachikova playing amazing. Finally found her form, albeit at the end of the calendar year. She's lead 6-2 on serve in the second set. Uh, Krachikova takes home the U.S. Open title against Katie McNally and Taylor Townsend. Uh, and it seems like that gave her a little bit of a lift, maybe a little bit of a good juju, uh, just some good momentum, and she's kind of ridden it out here because she lost a lot of form. I know there were some injuries there this past year, but to see her back at her game, she's got a ton of talent, great Go ahead. Great, great doubles player. Too. That's the thing. I think I was just gonna say that if you're, the, the females are f- figuring it out as well. It's like if you play if you play dubs and you play it well and you learn how to volley and come forward and close points off, it transfers to the singles court. So I mean, a lot of the top players, whether it's Coco Goff, Krachikova, um, the one girl that does not play a lot of dubs is is Svantec. But it's almost every other girl now. I feel like that's that to me is dangerous. I mean, even Madison Keys plays a little bit. Um, I'm collecting collecting singles and doubles. Yep. Uh, I it's it's pretty good, especially when you are not feeling confident at all. <laughs> like I love when you're looking for some confidence, just getting on the doubles court, just get some balls. I don't know, get some returns, get some volleys. It's a it's a great warm up before like some serious singles when you're gonna play either quarterfinal, semifinal, or the finals. So. It makes it makes you learn the whole geometry to it. I feel like it opens up the whole court in singles because you learn these new angles that, like, that you don't I, see all the time. I would recommend like girls like Sebalenka and Sakari <laughs> who hit the ball big off the baseline, like to play more dubs. Like Sebalenka doesn't look very comfortable in my opinion yet. Like even Bedosa who never seems to be able to finish the points off. Like even at, like. Anz Jabir, like, why is she so good? She has beautiful hands. She can slice, she yeah. can volley, she can direct overheads. It's like, that's why she's dominated the tour for the past year. She Her hands are better than everybody else's. She's not like, I mean, she's a very good athlete as well. Yeah, because you have to direct overheads because when there's two people back dra- there. Exactly. They're, they're, you're going to, if you don't put it into a, a better angle, like a lot of times it's just coming back. The pop, yeah, the power <laughs> does not matter, especially at this level. It's like. Even when we played last night, it's like I know. you hit, hit I an overhead hard as you want. Sorry, I just I, it's just a lot of good energy when I think about last night, man. I just I get my a pep back in my step. But like no, you're right though. Even at, at our level, and we're not as good. And so these guys see pace bigger than that. So you better be able to put an overhead in a spot. Yep, yep. Uh, so shout out to Krajikova, Krajikova, and Kontave. Kontave really needed this tournament in a bad way. Um, after becoming world number two, she did not have a lot of things go her way. So happy to see her. And I believe she she's from Estonia, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's in her home country, having some home cooking, having some home exce- success. Good for her. Same with Emma Raducano. She's now she's like 80, 90 in the world. She needs to play dubs too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see her as many times as I can on the court. So she's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> on the topic, who are you? Instagram pages. Who no, are you? No, 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 no,
Changing the topics, guys. Changing the topics. Let's go into rule changes. Something that we've talked about a lot off the air. I, I think this deserves a segment on the podcast. Tennis is in has had a great year, in my opinion. This, you know, we, we've said goodbye to a lot of legends. We've seen a lot of guys come in from out to the top hundred and look like they're going to be a, a a stay staying for a, a long time uh, in the top fifty, top thirty. So we've had a lot of just crazy storylines, but. How can we make tennis better? We've talked about this, Bartek. We just had a conversation this morning. What would be the number one or top two rule changes that you would implement on the tour and across tennis in general that could make tennis better viewing, uh, more intense, keep the energy on the court, and progress our game? So okay, I was let's let's just start over from the two things that just it's that like in college tennis, I really like it. And then also we can just add some stuff that we can make sure that we can just grow the game in tennis. So one thing is probably a nets. Whenever whenever the ball touches the nets, we just we we continue to play that. And if you look on the other sports like volleyball, if the ball touches the nets, they're not gonna repeat the ball. You just keep keep playing. So this will probably I believe is gonna come very soon on a pro level. So we're we're not gonna. Uh, see any nets or we do it services and the other stuff and also like one time Andy Roddick also tweeted that whenever he toss a ball yes. you just you have yes. to tweet it yes. you have to you have to yes. say you have to yeah. you have to serve it you have to serve it and the yeah. same move yeah, yeah just yeah. whenever you whenever you toss a ball you just have to 100% so you can't you can't stop your service motion if you throw the ball up I, I could not agree more yet. Once the ball is leaves your hand on the toss, that is counts as of attempt, attempt number one. That's that's fault number one if you if you catch the ball. I, I couldn't agree more because that, especially on the women's side, you see the ball toss get caught so much like so many times in a row. It's like you know it's windy. You have to take that. That's part of the game. You have to know where the wind is. And you have to adjust your ball. Like I I don't know. I think that part bothers me as well. And I think playing let's is another good one. It's that it speeds the game up. Uh, playing let's I we like we saw like in the last few weeks. Didn't it's they like, do it though because people were just gaming each other in college, like you know, I, calling let's when they get aced. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But I hate like even sorry as it was last night. I don't like calling let's either because it's like a couple times you guys hit good serves, but I hear a little click and like yeah. maybe it's well the one I didn't hear it to be honest. And I, after everyone was talking about whether or not happened, I was like, man, I I don't know if that actually hit because like we were all sitting there like trying to talk whether or not it hit it let. And that's I exactly just, like, why honestly I have no idea. Exactly but you heard it. Bartek I, I, and I, I did, didn't, I, I, but we were I mean, standing back. I have a pretty like you were the closest to it. Yeah, I'm. I literally, you. I've just been trained because I'd never played lets. I've just always listened for the ball to go over the net. I've just, I'm. You're kind of tuned to that little net. Like it's a tiny noise, but it's like. But if there's fifty grand you, on that match, yeah, exactly. Like, and we not, honestly don't know. Yeah, you can't. That's this is exactly why it should be eliminated, probably. And you should just yeah. the ball goes in the court. Doesn't matter how it gets there. If it lands in the box, play the play the serve. Yep. You're gonna get some unlucky aces. You're gonna have some unlucky. I mean. It is what it is. I remember, like when I was playing under sixteen, some ITF tournaments. I saw the girls, for example, like the girl was serving, and it was like not net at all. Then she played a beautiful uh, return volley down the line, and then the girl who was serving, she said it was net. It was net. Yeah. So like, come on. Like, yeah, that that's that ruins yeah. the that ruins the if it if it mm-hmm. it makes the sport worse, you should take it. out. I agree. 100%. No, it, and, and it has, and it, but even at the tour level. You see a lot of these guys hit like a very good serve, and they look over like at the labor cup even, and they're like, "Wow, that was a let!" Like, it's just like, 
just kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Um, and in college tennis, college tennis is great to watch. They play ledge. It does not swing matches. Like I, I've watched enough. Well, Bartek even just ripped that. Even that we won that point, and it, like it was like <laughs> he, he, he didn't even think about it. He no, just I know because he's played because he's been playing slammed. right because he's played ledge for his, his whole career. So it makes sense. Like yeah, um, no, it's just part of the, for those guys. It's just what they do. They, they the ball doesn't doesn't matter. They, it goes in the box. It's it's a good serve. Yeah. Um, but I think that eliminates a lot of trouble. So the catching the ball toss. 100% think that's a good rule change. Joe, you got any rule changes that you would like to implement? I mean, I'm still kind of, I mean, grasping with the whole coaching and the shot clock and, like, all of the – because I'm not – I, I didn't – Hey, in Cincinnati in the U.S. Open, it seemed to work out just fine. I didn't think our matches went any slower. I didn't think players were – or coaches were excessive, and I didn't think – it didn't seem to create any turmoil. It, it seemed like it was only a, a positive. What, what did I miss? I mean, I think for me, like, if it comes to just – I don't mind the delay, I guess, as that, like, I like the head part of it in the, maybe in the finals, but, like, I agree that there's definitely something to say, like, if you're going to go watch a five-set match and there's just a, like, just long delay because someone's just purposefully slowing the, the game down. So I'm, I'm down, I'm down, I'm, I'm, I'm into it, just, and if there's new things that can kind of speed it up to take out the gamesmanship, then I'm all for it. I just don't, the coaching thing is just new to me, is that, like, I just, I feel like there's some people that are really good at it that have been doing it illegally the last couple of years and like now they just now they can just do it and there's like a whole group of people that are just like like Medvedev is like I just don't have a person that I'm just like coach like getting coached from but like if you don't have that now you're at a disadvantage yeah. almost. Do you guys remember I it was only on WTA rule I believe so a few years ago that the coach once once a time he could come over on the court and then he was able to like talk with the player. I think it would be also good for the our tennis perspective to see what coaches are saying to the player. Just get on the court and just like whenever it's like um, microphone, so we could we could exactly hear what coaches are to- like saying to the players and how they they communicate with the between player. And the, and the coach. Yeah, because with doubles, I mean, you are talking to your partner constantly the whole time, and you're just getting just tons of feedback, and like, good or bad, it's just, it, it definitely, you're, you're evolving your game throughout the match, where in singles, you're just kind of out there on your own. And, and uh, it, it's a whole thing, though, like, if the lower players don't have the ability to pay for a coach to coach them, like, I get that oh, argument yeah. as well. It's a huge disadvantage. So, maybe they need to figure out a way to find a, like, an answer for those guys, because I do think that's unfair if you got a top 20 guy that's making millions and a guy that's 130 in the world that's made 40,000 for his career just coming on the, it's like that's not fair that he's supposed to find you know what I mean so that I do get that problem but in general I do think coaching uh, and allowing well, what do you think is the most valuable part of coaching because I feel like the most valuable part of coaching is having someone outside of your head that's watching them like and just picking up patterns Le- that you're not picking up Labor Cup was amazing for so many reasons and I think we can start it there was one, you get the camaraderie that with between the coaches or the players that are on their team, and you get to kind of feel other energies supporting you, and it feels like it's more of a team effort. I think that's for one thing. But two, it's like if you guys listen to Feder talk to Berrettini during the Felix match, and just working through the patterns. You know, you like Feder knows these knows courts, he knows uh, balls, he knows what Berrettini, he knows these guys' games so well that like he's dissecting. You know, this court's slower. Berrettini likes the inside and forehand. He's like. But you have to hold on to that shot until the ball is really a ball you can take advantage of because you leave that ball short, Felix's forehand on the run is a dangerous shot. So 
Uh, just listen to the, him like saying like work the inside out pattern a little bit longer. You got guys just like real coaching experience from guys that have been there before, and you trust them. And maybe if it doesn't like, it just it puts something in your head that probably wasn't there, even if you've heard it a million times in practice. If it's not there in that moment at during the match, it doesn't matter. So I think it helps a lot in that regard as well. But from a viewership standpoint, that's like the most entertaining part is like for me is like listen to the, the the chatter at the changeovers with the coaches and the players and just to hear what's being said on the sideline. That's like that draws me in. It's like when I get when I when I watch an NBA or NFL, like my favorite mic'd up mic'd up is the best part. Oh, yeah. It's like I want to hear what's being said in the huddle. I want to hear what's being said after plays, like what what the trash talk is, and it's like yeah. I almost want to like if if doubles was always mic if the doubles players were always mic'd up, that would that's a win. So I don't know, it's, it's like that getting to know these players and making players make decisions is 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 fun a fun part of sports. I'll just give you an example. I was playing last weekend or yeah last weekend at uh, Dayton, and coach at the at the end of the second set, he just came to me and he said, look. This guy, whenever he's gonna go to the net, he's gonna play always down the line. And I didn't, I didn't notice until the last, the last few games. And actually, sure. he was right. He never, he never played cross court. So if if you're gonna like, like if you're gonna realize that, or coach gonna help you, or somebody, it just you can completely turn over the 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 match and just yep. win so so easy. And yeah. for me, sports is all about seeing the best athletes perform at the highest level. And if that's going to help players perform at the highest level, how can you not be a proponent of it? If it can, we can figure out a way to make it fair, like why would you not want to see players be better at problem solving? And like yeah. I get, it's like it's a one, it's a it's a individual game. There's it's not a team sport, all that stuff. But it's like executing a game plan is like a part of every sport. And it's like someone giving you a game plan is not telling you they're hitting a forehand for you. It's like I don't, I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like. You still have to hit the shot. You still have to hit the serve. You still have to feel the pressure. You're still feeling the pressure. Your hands still feel nervous when you're. It's like you, it doesn't eliminate all the problems. It, it, it's one aspect of the game. Well, and it will bring into like one. You have to have a coach that can do it effectively and be good at it. But like I agree that there's definitely something about singles that has always been not a. It's not a team game. You're out there on your own, and it changes it. It makes it a team game, which is interesting, but it def- it just changes it. So we'll see. We'll have to see. I'm still – I'm going to withhold my judgment on it. I At first I was just like, no, I don't like it. I'm just – It's a very mature take totally. on the podcast right there. That's why we have you here. All right. <laughs> but people, people I, I believe they're not appreci- appreciate tennis that much because you're – when you play tennis, you're on the court by yourself completely. When you play soccer, football – volleyball handball whatever sport you just you have team and the team is gonna help you if you're not playing good you're out for example in running swimming i love the sport but like you just running or swimming you just there's not a lot of like like for example like when you play tennis you have to adjust to, to your opponent you yeah, have to adjust to yourself chess, absolutely. so yeah. it's very hard it's it's one probably the hardest sport to play yeah because it's all about mental and you have to you have to every time you have to like make sure that you're you're focused you're confident and you trust your swings because then if you're not gonna trust your swing then you're gonna lose so you're gonna lose you're gonna lose this match and it's gonna be over and it's distracting mm -hmm. as hell too like to be honest like if there was like if there was specific times when like i know they're allowed to do it it seems like between points, anytime they want, as long as they're in like yelling distance now. If I feel like if they could do it at the turns or maybe at the set, I'm fine with that. It's just like now you have like I mean, 
people, it feels like in between every point now, they're looking in their box and just, you know, like getting, they're getting constant feedback and it feels different. Like it just feels like the game's changing a little bit and I don't know. You're 100% right. The game is changing. I don't know if it's something that bothers me. I still feel like I'm watching great tennis. Um, I don't feel like my, like any part of what I love about tennis has been taken away from me. Um, That's just my opinion. I know a lot of people definitely don't agree with me there. Um, but that, I, I like that we have different opinions on, even on this own podcast because I, I don't think we've really hashed this out. Deciding points, quickly. Uh, yep. Last two points I have on here is deciding point, not in singles. I don't want to see it. In doubles, I definitely want to see it because I love watching two guys figure out who takes the biggest points. Like I'm okay with it. It's even doubles. fun at our level. It's like yeah. who's feeling good on the return? Like yesterday, like I would have never, I'd never take return. I, I always defer to you or Jose, whoever I'm playing with on return. But like. Yesterday I felt good, so it's like it's fun to strategize. It's like right now I'm hot. Let's let's ride the hot hand. Like usually it's, I, I'm, it's no decision. It's like if I'm playing with Bartek, I'm gonna let Bartek take this swing at it. Like you got to go with kind of who you're, you're over the long haul has been the better returner. So it's that's a fun part. I love the strategy behind it. I love how it speeds things up. I love how it makes more unpredictability on the returner of serve. And then the last rule that I'd like to say would be implemented at the at the highest level would be letting fans in during changeovers. Like. Let, making fans wait for two, three games where it's like a ton of action is missed, to me is like, that's a devastating part of our sport. Like, that you can miss so much of the match by just being at a changeover. It's like, let the fans in. Players can handle people walking around. Like, okay, you have to not, like, if they're running and jumping and making a scene, like, if that if it becomes a problem, I guess. But, like, no, like, that's not the issue. These players can handle that. They they practice in similar places like this. It's like... Yeah, you can play, like, can, as long as it's not line of sight behind the server. Like, right, just let as long as it's in. not behind, yeah. If it's if it's on the sides, like, let fans funnel in, funnel out. Yeah. That's my last thing. Especially not in the lower bowl. If they're up in the upper bowl. Come exactly. On, like, give on. me a break. No give me a break. It's in the clouds. 10, 15 minutes to get, get on the court and yeah. just, yeah, just waiting 15 minutes to... And they they are militant. Some of these marshals are, are very militant. nice to me. They've no, they've seen me come around for tw- <laughs> twenty years now to these tournaments. They're like, oh, it's this kid again. He can't wait. He doesn't have any patience. Let him in. Let him in. <laughs> you met the nice ones. I got the ones that. <laughs> oh man! All I right. I got my smoothie. I just wanted to go sit down. Last <laughs> last two things I want I wanted to discuss real quick. Uh, just two quick hitters. Give me your top player that you are looking forward to watching. Under twenty five years old. Heading into the next calendar year, twenty twenty three. I'll go because I but I got the microphone. You're gonna steal my guy. But I'm go going ahead. Tommy Paul. Oh, there you, you, there you go. That, you got Tommy. He's, yeah. he's a gold. He is. This he guy. well. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he beat world number one Carlos Alcaraz. <laughs> Canada took him out. Tommy got yeah. a big forehand. Go ahead, Barney. Hey. Who you got? Under twenty five. I'm salty right now. I got. I got to think of a new person now. Carlos Alcaraz. Yeah. After after I was able to see him in Cincinnati. He's he he might even have more than twenty Grand Slams in next ten fifteen years. If you're gonna keep continue that, maybe we're just gonna pull out this podcast and yeah, he's I mean, gonna see Alcaraz with twenty five Grand Slams. I mean, at the beginning of the year, Nate and I were joking. And I said he, he was said he's gonna, gonna, he's gonna well, you said he's gonna win three said, tournaments in a slam. I said, I definitely <laughs> said a slam. Yeah. Well, he said he was. I mean, his goal was three tournaments in a slam, and I think he outdid that. I think he did too. He, no. he won Miami. Miami. He won. Um, Mexico. Mexico. Rio. He won Rio. Rio. He won Barcelona. And see, people can see this. I'm not even looking at my phone. This is just all. I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, this, no. this is tough. <laughs> right there, but that's more than three right yeah, there. And you have Obviously, I know I'm forgetting one. I think, but no, I, I like his game too. Like whenever he's, he can mix it out with some drop shots, 
coming to the net. He's very the player that I would like to watch. Uh, unfortunately, Hubi, I will not go for you. Like, I like to watch <laughs> you sometimes, but yeah, uh, uh, I like Hubi like too. This is Hubi. I'm gonna man. go with. Uh, because I had some fun watching him this year in the last couple of years, and I think he's gonna his, his ceiling is very high. I have to go with Ben Sheldon. Give me Ben Sheldon. That's a good. That's a good. I one. just love it how athletic his athleticism. He actually uses his athleticism throughout his game. He makes you feel him, like the physicality that he brings, the kick serve, the huge forehand, the mobility, the backhand, the, the energy he brings to the court. I'm a fan of this kid, and I think he can be a real threat to becoming a top. 30, 40 guy for sure. And I'm always throwing this in there because we were dogging it earlier, and I'm taking Casper Root if I if I get one more. Because if, if, if he's in the, if I'm walking into a tournament and I get to watch like excellent tennis, I'm going to take Casper Root. I like it. I like it. If I have to take one more, I'll take Curious. I'll wait. He's 27. Damn. There you go. But I still love Curious. Um, <laughs> all right. Last, last subject. A fun one here. Awesome 2022 year of tennis. Guys, what was your favorite non slam tennis tournament this year? What was the most captivating and why? Like, where, what was the tournament that you felt like was a, a bigger deal than it probably was just for you as far as whether the draw was loaded or the tennis surprised you, the, the crowd, whatever it was? I'll, I'll go first, but I want to also mention something that I love the tournament 1000 in Rome, the clay court tournaments. Every time, I don't know when, just it's this tournament, I like to watch this. But this year, I have to go, like, for sure for Labor Cup. Roger, you make make us made us cry over there with Rafael Nadal. <laughs> that was that was something different. Like I always was growing up. When I was growing up, I was watching Roger Federer every time. That was my my idol. So just watching him right now, like retiring after me playing tennis for 12, 12 14 years. It was it was something something different. Like Roger, you made the history in the Labor Cup. You're supposed to win these doubles. You had <laughs> you had nine eight. You have to you you have to make make sure that you're gonna make the first serve. Like, <laughs> well, I, I'm a, I, I can play some doubles, but come on. I love you. I love you, but Bartik was so pissed he didn't, he didn't hit a kick serve at nine eight. He's like, bro, body you're serve. supposed to hit a body kick yeah. serve, man. A body kick. I'm like. Man, it's Roger Federer. The dude for sure thought he was gonna pinpoint an ace to to drop on his back for one last time. It's he was like trying to finish with the ace. Like, come on, like one of the best servers of all time. I I can't blame him for trusting it. That's for sure. Um, no, that's a that's the Labor Cup though. You you said it best. I think that was what Roger and Rafa did. Like, I mean, obviously Roger's it was all about Roger, but I mean, just to have Rafa with him, flying in for for a day to play doubles with him, and you could just see how much it meant to Rafa. I think that was like, I didn't get emotional until I saw how bad Rafa felt and the, the nerves that Rafa felt throughout the tiebreakers, um, the second set especially, dumping a return in. Like, like, he just felt the pressure. He wanted to be there for a guy that he's – like one of his colleagues that he respects probably more than anybody in the world. Like, So you could just tell how much it meant to Rafa, and you could just see like he was just, he was distraught. Like he didn't have he, – he couldn't he couldn't gather himself. So uh, I think that – and like the whole Labor Cup just as, as a whole. Like, you know, Roger did his – retirement so much differently than Serena Williams I mean like I just this is just my opinion only but Serena made made the US Open about herself like it was and, and she deserves it like 100% the greatest athlete in the women in women's history greatest tennis player in women's history all the accolades all the titles that you could ask for but at the end of the day like 
her going away party was about Serena Williams. She made it it was it was a spectacle for for her and her fans and maybe that's what they wanted and um, they got it and they she became she was the most viewed tennis match of all time. Um so obviously people were tuned into it and enjoyed what they saw but for me like I'll remember the Roger thing in a much more fun um memorable way because he made it about the tennis fans his colleagues his the guys out on tour that like everybody else like he made it about he put his arms around everybody else the, the the team Europe walked out together he hugged everybody after the match team world and team Europe and like he just said like I always felt like you know I played tennis but I always felt like I was a great teammate and I'm a team player and I think that was like to me that's that's why Rod, right there is why Roger's fan base is double everybody else's like yeah. I put up these polls. It is on, different. There was a different. It was. It was a, such a different feeling. And like I put up these polls on Tennis Points Instagram all the time, like kind of like asking where fans fit because I always want to see what the temperature of the room is and see if it's like shifting at all. It's not shifting. Like whenever I put up a big four poll, like who are your like who is your biggest? It's like Roger doubles and triples everybody else combined. Like it's. I don't think that's going to go away. I think what he did for the game was unbelievable i think his lasting impact is as great as anybody else in tennis history hey that's that's why you got two two million views on facebook <laughs> yeah no we had our biggest facebook post ever and it's because roger feder was involved and we had two million impressions on facebook and like this is an app that we thought was maybe dying but roger fans are still alive and well on the facebook so they're on facebook they're on fa but and we no we did Uh, another two million views on his ping pong video because he's got a lethal game. But he, I, don't I think, saw that. I, still I watched I, that too. All tennis players love ping pong. So. What you think I could beat Roger at ping pong? Uh, <laughs> not after maybe, seeing that forehand. Not after maybe watching him just take. I, I really want to play him in ping pong. That's like my he's dream. Slapping. But no, I, I think that's my last spiel on on Roger. But I think how he did it was amazing. Uh, I'm happy for Team World. That the whole event was just unbelievable. And I, labor cup, just watching watching those. Uh, those players compete on the high level and just it's kind of similar to college tennis like you know so you can uh, you can compete with other team and people are actually they're locked in it's not like a friendly match at all no people, that, it, so that was not an exhibition i mean i don't know how people think that's an exhibition i mean i know it is but it's like whenever you ever going to see tiafo drop to his back the guy went to the us open semifinals he dropped to his back after clinching the world like for, for team world so it's It obviously means a lot more than what it says as an exhibition. These guys are locked. Like, on the sideline, they're not just, like, sitting there on their phone. Like, they're dialed in. The coaches want to win. Borg and McEnroe want to win. It's a fantastic event. It feels authentic. It feels like the tennis world cares about it, and I hope they continue to cater to it because I, I love it. Labor Cup is in good hands. Roger Feather is one of the owners. It was his idea to be there, so I'm pretty sure it's just going to grow and grow. So. Yeah, I'm excited to see this. Speaking of Federer, I'm taking my 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 tournament that I the that Masters 250 in Gstaad because wow. have you seen that place? No, I, I mean I have. Good lord, <laughs> it is like I'm nestled in the Swiss mountains with the like mist blowing over. I watched that whole tournament not not because I'm a huge Casper Ruud fan, but that was the first time I actually watched him win. A whole so, and like Berrettini, like we were, you and I watched that with the backhand coming apart and like. But I was just like the draw. It's just half of it's the draw, and half of it's just watching this tiny little town host this big tennis tournament. And I think Federer lives there, so and it's just so, a neat, neat place. Like. Since you mentioned it, my buddy Guillaume Birm, um, actually an NKU tennis player as well, he actually teaches in Gestad at one of the nicest clay court facilities in the world. 
Um, it is amazing. And he he's obsessed with it. I mean, he just says it's so so beautiful. So we're going. I, I would, it's yeah. amazing. I, aren't you book? Didn't you book that vacation? Yeah, we're going. It's gonna be crazy. I wow. can't wait. You and the family are going to Gestad. I, I might have to hop in the in the suitcase. I'm telling you, come. I think for me, my tournament's gonna be Acapulco. Uh, the tournament in Mexico, it's amazing. Shout out to Regina Cortina, the legend, photographer. Check her out on Instagram. She does phenomenal work. One of my favorite people in the tennis world. Um, I've always t- told her this, but even before I met her, this was probably the event that I think it's two or three years old now, the event that I want to get to, where the fans are electric, the stadium is unbelievable on the water, and they're getting a lot of good talent now. Uh, Rafa took out Cam Nori this year in, in the final. Um, just loaded draws, and I think the, the fan love in Mexico is unbelievable and the facilities are great i love the energy and if we just let those fans kind of come and go as they please during changeovers i'm sure it'd even be better but uh <laughs> <laughs> that one like i thought that one was on the on, right on the yeah, beach on, right i thought it was yeah and i'm looking at this picture and it looks like it's all up it's by water i, yeah. I don't know if it's, if it's by the ocean but it's by water look um, at that draw too wow draws loaded so i mean it was did Alcaraz play that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Nadal, he? Cam Nori in the final, Medvedev, oh, man, Tsitsipas, they had everybody. Yeah. Did, did Alcaraz play or no? Um, I know he played I Rio. Think. No, he, he played Rio. Play his, yeah. yeah. Okay, but yeah. Guys, check out Acapulco. Check out Labor Cup next time. Check out Stad. Guys, any final thoughts? Heck of a podcast today. I feel great about this one. I got a lot of my thoughts out. A lot of my rants came out. Yeah, I think we should start doing Sunday mornings because I think as the tournaments come up too, like we're always going to have the final preview. So this this will be our time. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's going to be a big week this year, this this week. Get after it. Do what you do best. Get on the tennis court and shop with tennis point. Talk to you guys soon.